You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. If you gamble, use your game sense. Stay within your limit. Go to gamesense.ab.ca and learn more. And uh, Paul, here's the thing that, I, that I'm perplexed by people. Why do people get upset because the All-Star game isn't competitive? Who cares? Why does the All-Star game have to be competitive? Well, it never really has been. I, I agree with you. Uh, this year was a new low uh, because the score was so high. But like you said, it's basically fluff. And so why? You're right. Like if you, that, that's a good that's a good time to take a break from watching NBA basketball. And and there was some compelling theater uh, during the All Star break anyway with the shootout between Curry and Ionescu. That was that was worth the weekend to me. So. Totally in agreement with you. It's just fluff. What are you going to do about it? All of a sudden, throw a lot of money at it so it matters, and then some superstar tears his knees out or tears a knee out in an all-star game because he's trying too hard. Really, it's just a break. See, I kind of like that. I was watching guys drain threes easily from distance all over the court. Like Damian Lillard, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, early on, and then you had uh, uh, the Pacer guy whose name's escaping me. Uh, You know, he was killing it early on. I kind of like that. I just, you know what? I don't need to see guys, you know, post up, dribble, uh, play a screen. You see that all year long. I kind of like to see guys just shooting from everywhere. It was to me because it's supposed to be a, a fun game. Now, I'm curious, because a lot of people, what was so intriguing about the uh, the Curry-Ionescu that was different than the actual three-point competition? Well, first of its kind, uh, ma- uh, male against female, uh, and her uh, Ionescu agreeing to shoot from the NBA three-point line. I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to steal the idea for the... FIBA 3x3 uh, event we're going to hold host this summer, Jason. I mean, no new ideas here, but we're going no other no other uh, events of our kind host a, th- a women's three point shootout. So we're going to do the three point shootout for men. Then we're going to do the, w- the one for the women, and then we're going to have the winner of both face off and uh, and uh, have a, have a shoot off that way, and we'll double the prize money for the winner of that one. So. Uh, it's already spawned a good idea for us. And so I just thought it was a lot of fun. And Ionescu can just shoot it. She is so gifted and so talented. And she stood in there and it took uh, the greatest three-point shooter of all time, uh, everything, to beat her in a, in a really compelling matchup, I thought. Yeah, man, Damian Little, I was watching him in the three-point thing, too. That guy can still absolutely crush it, too. So it was... Uh, oh, my God. Like, the, the three-point yeah, shooting now has become... like the. They got to get some of the best guys in the dunks is uh, is what I think oh, yeah. right like they're the, the dunk competition like you know you're getting no offense to G League guys and whatever but um you know there are some really highly skilled NBA stars you put them in the dunk competition they're really athletic I think we could uh, we could see some fireworks again and you know you used to have Dominique and MJ and lots of the superstars were in it so uh, I wonder if we see that um you know like the NHL skills competition uh, this year was probably one of the best ones they ever had and they had all the best players in it it's not a shock to me when you with the best players in it, like you had the best shooters in the three-pointer. That's why it was exciting. So put the best athletic guys, and there's lots that can dunk. Put them in the dunk competition. Totally agree. Uh, name recognition is much more valuable in the dunk competition than the dunks. A G League guy who's won it two years in a row, he's a great dunker. Nobody, you know, he disappears now back into the G League. Nothing wrong with that. But it's not to watch the dunks. It's watch watching who dunks. Dominique, like you mentioned, MJ, 
Dr. J, you know, people say the first one ever to dunk from the free throw line. Well, he was two feet inside the free throw line, but it was still groundbreaking. But it was Dr. J. So I, I agree with you. Much more compelling with the big names. Uh, Paul, I, I saw that um, the commissioner was talking about they're, they're looking to want to change some some ideas about how they're developing players in the U.S., right? Like there's there's lots more international players. You look just at the MVP race. You got uh, Jokic and, of course, uh, Gilgis Alexander, Antetokounmpo, uh, Donich, uh, uh, you know, there's Sabonis. There's not as many Americans at, at the top. There's there's probably, uh, well, Embiid for sure. You know, maybe Durant, right, uh, would be in there. Tatum potentially. You know, I don't think Steph Curry's a real MVP candidate. He's obviously the best shooter in the game, but I don't think he's an MVP candidate. So wh- what do you make of Curry and, or not, sorry, the uh, the commissioner and his views on them trying to maybe change the system of uh, basketball in the U.S. and how they develop players? Well, uh, my my response is, what took you so long? Uh, this has been coming on for 25 years. There's a reason why Doncic, who showed how unathletic he was at the end of the All-Star game. I don't know if you saw that at the end when he went in and tried to dunk, and it was ugly. Uh, but you've got, you've, got, uh, you've got guys that learn how to play the game over in Europe in a much more a fulsome way than they do in the U.S. and to a certain extent in Canada. The, they learn the fundamental skills, the way they're taught. They do not have an AAU system and a club system over in, in Europe. And I'll use Europe for an example, Jason. They've got, they've got their club system set up so that you practice more than you play. So you're practicing more in the traditional way, three, four, five times a week, playing one or two games a week, that means something as opposed to the AAU style, which is weekend after weekend after weekend of playing six to 15 games on the weekend, no practice or one practice, yeah. and then you go play again. You're not building fundamental skill sets because uh, we had a good conversation last week on the basketball show uh, with one of our guests, Kyle Macy, a great player from Kentucky, and he talked about it. it kids are more athletic. They can they handle the ball better. They're faster. They jump higher. All those things. They don't play the game better. And yeah. this is an example of that. You've mm-hmm. got foreign players that just their basketball IQ is much higher for the best players than than it is for the American players. Uh, Canada is is considered an international team in that regard, right? Like Canada is a little bit advanced. Or are we falling into that trap? Or because we're seeing a lot of the young Canadians, are we are we one the Americans could even look at how we develop players? We're more American than we are European yeah. in how we develop players. Uh, Gilgis Alexander is an anomaly uh, because, like you and I have talked about it on the show, he he doesn't play the analytics to the analytics uh, tune. Yeah. He plays the mid range game. He plays he plays a more balanced, intelligent game. He's a really brilliant player. Yeah, more European. Most Canadian players are more American okay. than they are than they are European. So even us, so if, if you were in charge of it, how, how could Canada do it themselves? What do we need to do better as far as development to improve kind of the, uh, the, the on-court awareness and basketball sense of young basketball players? Well, I remember, and this goes back 23 years ago, uh, Steve and I were in a shopping mall down in, the, in Minneapolis, and we ran into a, a young man who was in high school at the time named Cameron Taylor, out of Wisconsin. And he was the number one ranked fifth grader in the United States when he was young. 
the reason I use that as an example is the hype is insane with all of the for-profit clubs and tournaments that are just permeating the U.S. and Canadian basketball landscape. Okay. If we really, if we really want to do this seriously, like the commissioner's commissioner is suggesting, there's no magic formula. You've got to practice, learn your. You got to practice more than you play games, and you've got to learn your fundamentals, and you've got to learn how to play. And you can only do that in practicing, and then integrating that into a game strategy, not just playing games. So you really would have to deal with the for-profit structure that we have, the, the entrepreneurial structure that we have in North America, because that doesn't exist in the same way at all. Okay. Uh, it, it happens in Europe, but over here, it's, it's what drives development. Mm. All right. Okay. Um, what's coming up on the show this weekend? We have a, a, a really unique interview uh, that I recorded yesterday with the new Minister of Tourism and Sport in Alberta, uh, the Honorable Joseph Scow, who is 6'10". There's not many 6'10 ministers in any level of government in Canada, hmm. but uh, he, he played uh, basketball at uh, U of C in Dalhousie, and he played professionally. He was an interpreter for the Russian Olympic team in the 2012 Olympics. He has a tremendous ba- basketball background. So we talk about his background, and we talk about sport in Alberta and Alberta government funding, which is a very timely topic given – the premier's address last night. And then as well, I've got the great Jack Armstrong on for two segments in the second hour. And we're going to do a deep dive into all the goings on with the Raptors and in the NBA. Awesome, Paul. We look forward to it Saturday, 10 a.m. until noon right here on Sports 1440. It's a basketball show with Paul, sir. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Jason.